This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah, what show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm -hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. <laughs> okay. You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Do you give gold on the wrong wedding anniversary? Do you keep people up with your music? Do you interrupt people's meals? Were you raised by wolves? Let's find out. Here are things that can make it better. It's Nick Layton. And it's Leah Bonima. And let's just get right down to it with our moose boosh. Oh, I always get a little heart flutter. So for today's moose boosh, I want to talk about traditional wedding anniversary presents. Like paper, cotton, wood. Like, do you know about this? I know it's a thing. I've heard of it. Yes, it is definitely a thing. And I have become aware <laughs> through emails I've received that there are some people that are very serious about this and want to know, is it an etiquette crime to give a gift for an anniversary that's not the right gift? And by the right gift, meaning? So there are lists. There are lists and you can Google this and they're in etiquette books and they are floating around where every year, every anniversary year is associated with some material. So you do commonly see like, oh, the first anniversary is paper. So on that anniversary, we give a gift that is related to paper. On the second anniversary, it's cotton. So we give some gift related to cotton and so on. And so it's out there. This is a thing that's out there. But my question is specifically, say it was paper uh -huh. and you decided to give somebody a car, which is not for sure on the <laughs> other list. Is it that you just can't hit the things that are the other years or it specifically has to be from that year. Right. Are you allowed to give diamonds on the first year? I mean, I think that's probably fine. But yes, the idea is that the traditional gift that one gives at each of these anniversary milestones is associated with a thing. And so you should give that thing for that year. Now, the question is, is it an etiquette thing or is it not an etiquette thing? I mean, I feel like you're going to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's a thing, but it's not a thing. So let's talk about it. So the real question is, where does this come from? Like, how do we even come up with this idea uh, that like, oh, on certain anniversaries, we have to give a certain like medal to like, oh, 10, it's the 10 year. And so as best I can determine, this goes back to medieval Germany. And so there was a tradition in medieval Germany that if you were married for 25 years, 
you would give the gift of silver. And this was traditionally a wreath made out of silver that the husband would give to the wife. And one thing I read, one scholar was saying that like, oh, this is because it's really the wife's accomplishment for making the marriage last that long because men didn't really participate in keeping the marriage going. So that's why like, oh, wife, congratulations. You kept it together for 25 years. And so so that there was that tradition called the silver wedding. And then if you made it at 50 years of marriage, then it would be a gold wreath. And when you consider what the life expectancy was in Germany, making it to 50 years of marriage, that that is definitely impressive. So I'm not quite sure how many gold wreaths were going around, but the idea of 25 years is silver, 50 years is gold. Okay, fine. Medieval Germany. That sounds great. And so now we have to cut to Victorian England. And so a lot of things were happening in Victorian England. We had a rising middle class. We had Queen Victoria herself. You know, she puts the Victoria in Victorian. And we also had the idea of like, oh, cataloging and lists are fun. Like Victorians loved making lists of things, <laughs> cataloging things, creating little divisions of things. Like when you think about all the insane flatware that came out of Victorian England, like all these specialized tongs and tweezers and scissors and forks and spoons, like Victorian England, they love different categories. And so we had all these forces coming together. And so the idea of a list of gifts, this makes sense. This makes sense. And you also had Queen Victoria marrying Prince Albert, who was German. And so I think he brought this concept of, oh, anniversaries are associated with gifts, German tradition. I think he brought this with him. And I think he might be influential in terms of introducing this concept to England at that time. And this was also the time of love marriages becoming more of a thing. Like in the past, marriage was not always about love. Like it was about like societal position or economics or other reasons. And so the idea that like love is an emotion, which is like, oh, why would we trust such a big decision on this emotion of love? Like this was not necessarily like universally loved at this time. And I think there was also the idea of like, oh, if you stay together in a marriage based on love, we also want to just like celebrate that. Cause like, oh, what an accomplishment because love is so fragile. And so like, oh, congratulations, you made it to five years. Like, oh, let's buy some presents. So I think there's all these factors coming together. So then merchants kind of got on board with this idea and merchants had the idea of like, oh, we're buying presents. Well then let me give you some suggestions. And so lists started to be developed in the 1800s of like what types of presents one should buy for like the major milestones. And so those were typically one, five, 10, 15, 20, 25, like the bigger ones. And on those lists, everybody does actually stick to the silver for 25, gold for 50. Diamond shows up for 60 on a lot of these lists. And this might be because when Queen Victoria was on the throne for 60 years, she did celebrate her diamond jubilee. Mm. And so the idea of 60 and diamonds kind of comes together. And I think she is influential there too. Um, and then we have etiquette books in the 1900s that also have these lists. I saw one that had the third anniversary is candy. So I was like, oh, that's fun. And then, of course, we have Emily Post. And so Emily Post, uh, very influential. And so she did put a list in her 1922 book, which gave the major milestones. So 1, 5, 10, 15, 20. And she really kind of codified what was probably in the ether, at least in New York at the time. But she codified it. So like for her, one year was paper, five was wood, 10 is tin, crystal, china, silver, gold, diamond. And for her, diamond was 75 years, which is like, oh, okay. Like if you make it for 75 years of marriage, like that's, that's great. Wow. That's impressive. And so 
her list definitely becomes the template for all the lists that came forth. And then you get the American National Retail Jewelers Association. And they see this list that's going around and they're like, wait a minute, we are leaving a lot of cash on the table here. <laughs> and also wood, tin, these are cheap things. This is not what we sell. We need to fill out this list with more things. And we also need to add more stones. So we need to get some rubies in there. We need some pearls. We need to actually like make every year a thing. And so they created a list and it like became a thing. And it's just this commercial thing that they like invented. And there was this amazing snippet in 1937 in the New York Times that I came across, which was that association had a big meeting where they were going to decide to replace wood from year five <gasps> with appliances. What? And, and so like, they were just gonna decide, oh, it's no longer wood, everybody, it's appliances. And so they were gonna have a meeting where they're gonna decide this. And then the New York Times has like, just like this passing reference, which is like, oh, that meeting has been postponed because we need to reach out to some of the stakeholders in the furniture industry <laughs> to hear from them. And you know what happened is that like people from Big Table showed up <laughs> at those offices with like wood bats and were like, what are you, what are you doing guys? What are you doing? What, what are you, you're going to replace? You're going to replace? You think you're going to replace us? And so I'm sure there's a lot behind the scenes. And so I think uh, Wood is still year five for a lot of the lists. This was also a great movie moment, just like the artichokes. Now I want right. um, a night that it went down between the appliance and the wood people. <laughs> right. But like, who gets to make the official list? But I mean, how incredible that some trade association is just deciding among themselves, like, oh, we have the authority to make a list that everyone must follow. And it's like, how bold. I mean, isn't that bold? So bold. And so over the years, you just have all these different lists floating around and none of these lists necessarily agree. Like Eleanor Roosevelt, she says pottery for year nine. That seems good to me. Pottery on year nine. Oh, that's true. Yes. Well, you come from a long line of potters, but do you want to wait nine years before we give the gift of ceramics? Give me pottery on year one through nine. Right. Or I saw some list had laughter for year 39. That's a it's great like, one. Oh, okay. I feel like you're picking all the ones that I would be into. <laughs> Honestly, I was so psyched for wood and I just visualized like, oh, you go get it like a beautiful piece of driftwood for your love and you shellac it. Uh, I mean, you could do that. I mean, you could take them out on a yacht weekend. Um, you could I take mean, them. I mean, I'm thinking, obviously there's a difference in where we're thinking. I'm like, go get a piece of wood from the beach. And you're like, by the beach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, by them a forest. <laughs> um, Llewellyn Miller, in her book in 1967, she says that for the year one, it can be paper or plastic, which is actually kind of interesting to think of plastic as this sort of desirable gift item. But that's actually the same year that The Graduate came out, which has that famous line, which is like one word, plastics. And so the idea of like, oh, plastics being like this hot thing in the 60s. So that made it into the list. And I don't know how, but just like Will and Miller decided like, oh, plastic, we'll do that for year one. Have the quintessentials changed? Like the one, five, 10? Um, those definitely seem to be pretty firm. I mean, you actually now have two lists that you see. One is called the traditional list. And then one is the modern list. Mm. And so you'll see like clocks instead of paper, or you'll see like, groceries instead of like China, you know, like you'll just see substitutions for some of these things that make no sense. And there's no rhyme or reason. Paper's such a nice one. Yeah. I mean, all of them are nice, but it's sort of like, 
it, it, it's based on like nothing on some <laughs> level. But I just mean, why would we swap out paper? It's so lovely. Yeah. I mean, a poster, a map, a concert tickets. Were you raised by wolves? Stationary. Sta- oh, actually, that's a, not a bad idea. I mean, <laughs> Leah, we could actually come up with our own list. And if we just become influential enough, like we could make this the list in the future that all future generations will look to. So like, I don't know, year one is obelisk and then nocturne. <laughs> Fog. Fog. (laughs) (laughs) Or tangent. I don't know. We could just come up with random things. Why not? Year one, rescue dog. (laughs) Year two, two, second rescue rescue dog. dog. (laughs) (laughs) So lastly, do you think Miss Manners has any thoughts on this topic? I say yes. Oh, she has some thoughts. So here's what she has to say. Quote, a couple married for 25 years to each other, may celebrate a silver anniversary and give or be given silver presents. At 50 years, they may celebrate a golden anniversary. A lady who has occupied the same throne for 60 years may celebrate a diamond jubilee and sell souvenirs, such as china plates with her profile painted on them. (laughs) Miss Manners regards any such designations for lesser milestones as being silly. If you wish to accept the dicta of various self-serving industries and believe that the 18-month anniversary means new back tires for the car while rotating the others, go right ahead. (laughs) So there you have it. Go right ahead. If you want to do it, it's fine. But you don't have to. I mean, that seems fair to me. Yeah. You got the big ones and the other ones uh, up to you. Yeah. So is it etiquette? Is it an etiquette law? It is not. But it's a nice tradition, and if you want to follow it, uh, that's great. And if you don't, uh, no problem. No problem, China with your face on it. (laughs) I mean, may I live to a diamond jubilee? I think you will. And I will get you China with your face on it. Oh, you don't think I'm going to have that totally commissioned? Absolutely. (laughs) You're like, I already have it, Leah. So don't worry about it. It's already being designed. Yeah. It's just like, at what age do I want it? Do I want like (laughs) my current profile or do I like, do I want the profile, you know, 60 years from now? I don't know. My guess is it's going to be a pretty similar profile. Oh, Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. And now it's time to go deep. Deep and fun. So for today's question of etiquette, I want to talk about theme parks. Yes. And so I feel like this is a big topic. I feel like this is just part one of many because I don't think we can possibly cover everything that is required on this topic. I mean, I think that to do it fairly, Mm. we should go to every theme park. Oh, together? Yes. Oh. Um, I mean, noted. Take notes. We'll take notes. Okay. (laughs) I I will say, I I don't know if it'd be fun for me, but I do think it would be fun for whoever's watching to have us both go to the theme parks (laughs) across the world. I think there would be some entertainment value there for someone. I don't know if it's me. But I think somebody would enjoy that. I just got a straight visual of me being giddy and skipping and you just sort of stiff upper lipping it through the whole place. Just being like, ugh. Yeah, no, that's that's not wrong. That's not wrong. Teacups again. So what is the last theme park you went to? I went to Disney on my birthday. And Disneyland. Disneyland, the one in Los Angeles. Not Los Angeles, the one in California. I keep getting the mixed up. Disney World is Florida. Disneyland is Anaheim. Right. And okay. And you had a good time. Oh, I had the time of my life, Nick. The last time I was at Disneyland, I think I was five. And so I recall it fondly. I thought it was a good time. I'm pretty sure that I behaved exactly like you did at my age now. We're walking up, you know, you walk up the 
long pathway towards it. And then you start hearing all the Disney music. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think this would happen. And it was out of my control. Uh I just started misting up. (laughs) And then you see everybody, you know, all the characters at the door waving. I just started waving. Like, out of my control. I was like, hey, Goofy, (laughs) over here. I mean, there is some magic that does happen there. Magic. They're not wrong. Magic. They're not wrong. It's phenomenal. For me, the last theme park I think I went to actually was Tivoli Gardens in Copenhagen. No, of course Which is actually, <laughs> uh, is a lot of inspiration in Disneyland is from Tivoli. It's like one of the oldest amusement parks of the world. And a lot of the design and sort of style, like Walt Disney went there in the 50s, I think. And I think he took notes for sure. Um, but I've not been to Disney World. I have not been to Tokyo Disney Seas. I have not been to some of these other properties. Well, but. now Copenhagen is on my list. Okay, so that I would go to with you. Let's do that. Okay, fine. So let's talk with the etiquette though. What are the major etiquette notes for going to a theme park? I put this, and I think one could argue that it's not etiquette, but I'm putting it first. Okay. And that's have fun. I think it's quite possibly rude to be walking around a theme park with a frowny face. Yeah, I actually do think that is etiquette. I think we will put that in the etiquette category. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Because... Yes, because etiquette is about being mindful of other people. And that includes being mindful of their experience. And when we're at a theme park, we want to have a good time. We want to escape our reality. We want to go to another place physically and emotionally. And if you just see like somebody with a frowny face kind of ruining it for you, then like that's not fun. Like I don't want to see that. It's not fun. I also don't want to hear you yelling on your cell phone at somebody. Yes, yes. So I think that the big note I had was you want to be mindful that you are still in public and that we're all trying to have a shared experience here. Like we're all trying to have like a fun time. It's sort of like group fitness. It's sort of like we're all in this class and we all actually paid to be here. Um, So like don't ruin it for other people. I went to Storyland recently as an adult, in, which is in New Hampshire. And it's, you know, all the storybook characters and the little okay. rides. And it's, you know, it's for kids. And I didn't go with kids. I went with my mom. So technically I was the kid. And There's children like having the time of their lives and you buy into it. You're like, yeah, that is that. And oh, that is them. And the gates are opening by magic. Like we're all buying into this. Yeah. You don't want to be like, oh, no, kid. It's hydraulics. Let me show you how it works. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're not ruining this experience for, you know. Yeah. I think that's a good point. And then I think for the top line etiquette. Yeah. I think go with the right intention. Uh, which really applies to a lot of things, like going to a comedy show, like go there to enjoy yourself, go to the theater wanting to enjoy the experience. This could be on our golden rule list. Go with the right intention. So perfectly spoken, Nick. Okay, we're going to add this to the top 10 brainstorm list. It's so good. The other thing that's on that list that is definitely on this list is don't cut in line. Oh, that's my second one. (laughs) I, I mean, I feel like just don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't cut in line. We're all waiting in line. What's wrong with you? Yeah. And if you hate lines and you don't want to wait in line, it's not the place for you. Uh, No, this is definitely the wrong place for you. Or you just be the designated person that waits on the bench <laughs> while everybody else does the ride. And that's fine. That could be your that could be your ride. That's true. I love if, the you're, bench ride. if you're a bench rider <laughs> and you just want to sit there with a snack. Cool. The other thing on my list is about photography, especially mm. like in dark rides. I have been on rides where... It's supposed to be dark, like it's Space Mountain or it's like in a theater or it's like some ride where like, oh, the ambient light matters here. And like, let's not film that entire thing on our phone. And let's certainly not use flash photography. Yeah. People are really taking phones everywhere now. And you're like, "Mm mm-mm. 
it's ruining the experience for other people. Yeah. And so like, don't, don't do that. Similarly, like don't block people. So like at a parade, like if you want to get your kid up on your shoulders, like that's fine, but just make sure like you're at the back of the crowd then. Like don't block more kids behind you. Or if you've got big ears on, you know, like, are you blocking anything with your ears? I don't know. I wrote be patient, which sort of came off the don't cut. But when you're talking about like, you know, people getting in front of people at the parade, the sort of like everybody's here. Everybody's trying to have a good time. People there with their families. We all got to be patient with each other. Yeah. I also wrote, you know, sometimes like you got to sit down, you got a whole group of people, maybe you got a snack and there was like, no, so you're going to sit somewhere and there's no mm. open benches. Sometimes I feel like people just sit like right in the middle of the walkway. Maybe try to Is move that a off. Thing that's I've happening? seen people just sit down and be like, I'm going to have a picnic right here. Maybe I just try to like move off. Like don't stand in the middle of a walkway for like a, let's all stand here and have a group chat. Like sort of just, you know, move to the yes. side. Well, I think standard like, oh, I'm leaving the house and I'm with other people rules apply. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think like, let's not block entrances and doorways and paths and let's just be mindful that like other people exist and like might need to get by you. And it, this is also a New York City rule, which is like, oh, if you need to like stop for a second, like pull over on the sidewalk. I mean, we say this, but it's just constantly happening. Well, we have our work cut out for us, Leah. Oh. We have not achieved uh, perfection and harmony in the universe yet. We have more listeners to reach, clearly. <laughs> but yes, if you need to stop, don't stop suddenly. No sudden, you know, if you wouldn't do it on the highway, don't do it on a sidewalk. I think that's like the rule. So like we don't just like slam on our brakes in the fast lane. We merge to the curb and then we pull over before we stop. And we don't congregate in the middle. We smooth to the side. Yes. Yes. We merge. We zipper. We signal our intentions. Yes. All of these things. I also went to this place when I was a little girl called Santa's Village in New Hampshire. Oh, well, doesn't that check off all the boxes for you? All the boxes. There was a I mean, log what did, flume. Did they have fudge too? I'm sure they had fudge. There's no way they don't have fudge. <laughs> right. These are a few of my favorite things. <laughs> Do you know I actually rewrote the song, Few of My Favorite Things? And it's just all fudge based. <laughs> no, it's got a lot of Lord of the Rings references as well. Um. <laughs> okay. So another thing on my list, which I think we've touched on is, this is a family sort of place. And so we do want to watch our language. And this is certainly like the major bad words uh, that we all are familiar with, but also just like adult conversation in general. Um, you know, like, oh, what did you do last night? Like, we don't necessarily need to be talking about this in line if there's like young kids around, you know? So like, I think let's just keep the themes and the topics sort of like appropriate. I feel like these, we've really touched on the major no-no's. Yes, I think these are the highlights. I think in a future installment, we might want to address dealing with people that you arrived with at a theme park. Because I think there's definitely different dynamics at play, etiquette-wise, when we're traveling with people. Like who wants to go on a ride, if we're an even number, an odd number, who has to ride with a stranger, dealing with like mealtime, mm. dealing with the expenses, mm, mm, do you give mm. up your seat on the monorail? Like I feel like there's other things we can address in future installments. Uh, but for today, this is a good start. Yes. And I think the best way for us to deal with that future installment is to go to Copenhagen. 
Oh, sure. Okay. And then we'll also have to get some people we don't know into the group so we can figure out all these do's oh, and don'ts we have to together. invite strangers? Well, we're an even number, Nick. Okay, so we're going to have to go on craigslist.dk <laughs> and we're going to have to like find random people to join us on this little adventure. I'm sure we have listeners in Copenhagen. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sure we do. So, all right. Well, when we're in town, you're going to have to come to Tivoli Gardens <laughs> with us so we can do research. I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, if you can't see Nick, which you can't, uh, he's doing air quotes over research. Okay. Okay, can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, I know you can't. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. Because <laughs> as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives. Then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right. Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge <laughs> to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person. Very confident mm -hmm. woman. Wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Brooklinen. Brooklinen is the internet's favorite sheets. That's right. And they're great. They sent us some sheets and I'm sleeping on their percal, white, of course. And they're crisp. They're cool. They don't sleep too hot, which is definitely the thing I do not want in sheets. So they're the perfect temperature for me. And I feel like coming into a new season, it's the perfect time for a refresh, right? You get new colors. You get new patterns. You recreate your whole sleeping space. Or you can switch the fabrics. So Brooklyn actually has fresh linen and it's designed in Brooklyn, made in Portugal, and their washed linen is made with 100% European flax. So you can get the lightweight essentials necessary to upgrade your space for the summer from Brooklinen. So visit in-store or online at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And use code WOLVES for $20 off your order of $100 or more. And we're back. And now it's time to take some questions from you all in the wilderness. Oh! So our first question is, quote, a friend and co-worker's wedding is coming up. I submitted a confirmation on the couple's Save the Date website months ago. The wedding is now less than two weeks away, and I never received an actual invitation. The co-worker is only inviting two of our work team out of eight. I talked to the other invited teammate, and he says the bride-to-be hand-delivered his invitation weeks ago. Well, that's awkward. So now do I go ask my colleague whether I'm actually invited to her wedding? And also worth noting, I'm going through a divorce. Is that bad luck for a wedding, making my friend change her mind about having some solo sad sack at her special event? I want to say something about, I, I'm sorry you feel like a solo sad sack. Yeah, let's start with that detail because that's not, no, no, don't feel this way. You're a delight and a wonderful person and everybody's excited to have you around. And also, what an insane thing to be like, oh, you're going through divorce? I'm just not going to invite you anymore. Or actually, I'm going to specifically disinvite you. Like, oh, that's an insane thing. I don't, that's not, I don't think that's happening. If that happened, then this, this person <laughs> who invited you is off the rails. So I have seen online 
people who have said that a save the date card doesn't necessarily mean you're invited to the wedding. It just means that you're on the proposed guest list. And what a bonkers thing. What a bonkers thing to say. Do not trust the internet, people. Do not read the internet. Actually, we should just shut it down because of stuff like this. What an insane idea. They're like, oh, the save the date card. It doesn't mean you're actually invited. What? That would be... Can you imagine? No, I can't imagine. Here's a save the date, Leah. Save the date for me. Oh, you're not invited. Never Never mind. mind. (laughs) Never mind. You're just on the proposed list. And you didn't make the cut. You were on the whiteboard (laughs) and then we erased you. So yes, I think the rule is, I feel pretty comfortable saying this. The rule is, if you are sent to save the date, you are invited to the event, whatever the event is. You are not ever asked to save something if you are not then going to be needing to use the thing you saved. So the date has been saved, so we will use the date. So yes, you were invited. So I think you can absolutely ask this colleague, which is like, hey, I don't ever got the details to the wedding, so uh, let me know the details. Yeah, I wrote, I would just ask. And there is this instinct, which I think our letter writer is sort of hinting at, which is like, oh, I don't want to make it awkward for them. Like, I don't want to ask if I'm invited to the wedding in case actually I'm not anymore and they change their mind. And I don't want to put them on the spot. But like, oh, etiquette doesn't require you to make everybody always feel comfortable. Because if somebody committed an etiquette crime like this, you were invited to their wedding and then they uninvited you and didn't tell you, that's an etiquette crime. And you could absolutely make them feel uncomfortable about that. I would like them to say that to my face. Oh, actually, I decided not to invite you after asking you to save the date. I would like you to say that to my face. And so we could ask if that's what happened. Sure. That's a niggly and t-shirt. I would like you to say that to my face. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Say it to my face. Yeah. If you're going to be so bold as to do that thing, then at least say it to my face. So I think this is just like a miscommunication. Like you are invited. They assumed you had the details. I'm planning a wedding. I'm busy. Uh, you know, why you didn't get it hand delivered like your other uh, colleague? I don't know. Uh, maybe you were out of the office that day, you know, you're on your lunch break, you know, you weren't in your cubicle. I don't know. But like, I think we can assume that you're invited and then let's leave it on them to tell you specifically that, oh, actually you're not. Yeah. I was going to say more than likely, it's just been a miscommunication and maybe they exactly that they were walking around with the two because they're not going to want to give out the invites in a big way since most of the team isn't invited. True. So that's a good point. They were probably just walking around. Maybe you were in the washroom and then they put it back in their desk and then slip their mind. I think there's probably a very reasonable explanation and that you should just ask. And if you were disinvited to this wedding, I need to hear about this immediately in real time. So please let me know because I definitely want to hear about that. But I don't think that's what happened here because that is just, that would be so extreme that I just hope that is not the case. I would be completely shaken if that was the case. Oh yeah. Oh, that that's relationship ending material for sure. Like, oh, that's going to be real chilly in the office from here on out. Chilly. Yeah, chilly is even very light word for that. Mm-hmm. But um, I think you're invited. So I don't, I wouldn't worry about this. So have a great time. Have a great time. So our next question is, quote, my mother introduced me to your podcast and both of us have been listening for a while now. She thinks etiquette is very important, but you wouldn't know that sharing a hotel room with her. On a recent trip, she insisted on playing music or a guided meditation to help her sleep, despite it waking me up several times. And then she played her favorite radio show at 6 a.m., which starts with a very loud rock song punctuated by Homer Simpson moans. Not my ideal way of waking up. When I went to ask her to at least wait a half hour until my alarm went off, she shouted at me to lay down before continuing to play it more quietly, which didn't really help. Please let me know your opinions on the etiquette of sharing a hotel room. How would you reconcile everyone's sleep and routines? 
I love that. I feel like in the beginning, we subtly got involved in people's <laughs> arguments. And this one, our letter writer Straight is up. like, hey, my mom is the one that brought me to your podcast. Mm-hmm. And now we are now responsible for fixing this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this question made me think of this time when I was in Ulaanbaatar or outside of Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, with a friend, and we were at a luxury yurt resort. And the term luxury and resort are very loose here, but it, they were yurts. They were definitely yurts, which is sort of like a round, sort of traditional-shaped building. And so we're in the middle of nowhere, and we were there only for two nights, I think, but it was the end of the season, and we were the only guests. So there were like 40 yurts sort of scattered around this like expanse, but we were the only guests in this entire place. And it was sort of like desolate and creepy and we were both losing it. And my friend had a sound app on his phone that he somehow plugged into the yurt sound system. I guess that's the luxury part of luxury yurt, that there was a sound system. But the sound that he chose was a grandfather clock. No! No! So you just have the sound of a loud grandfather clock Pendulum, knock, knock, knock. No, 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 no. Throughout the night, reverberating in this desolate Mongolian yurt. And it's sort of like, oh, that's not helping. So it was definitely one of the most memorable trips I've ever had, for sure. It's so wild to me that that would be a noise that would actually help somebody sleep. I I don't know why we selected the grandfather clock sound. I mean, as opposed to whales. Rain. I don't know. All the classics. Waves. Anything else? But yeah, no grandfather clock. Yeah. Very soothing. So I get this. I get being in a hotel room or yurt with somebody where they have some sound habits which don't align with yours. I travel with comics and more than once I've shared rooms with them. And we just have a rule that it's whoever gets up first has to use earphones. Okay. So there was some conversation about like, oh, everybody's routines before we got there. Yes. And basically there was a conversation on how a person likes to fall asleep. Mm. Do you want noise? No noise. And then people need to sleep. Some people need to sleep in more. Da, da, da. Whoever gets up first use earphones. And then we always discuss, because some people leave their notifications on, and I can even hear vibrating. Like a vibrating sound on a phone wakes me up. Yeah. So I always have to be like, do you mind turning it all the way off? So I think with all situations, I think the play it direct approach is always the way to go. And to see if we can kind of come to some consensus or compromise here. Like, oh, would you mind maybe using headphones if you want to listen to your radio show or would you mind, you know, picking a different sound uh, meditation? You know, you could ask. It sounds like you did ask. And so that was sort of like not very successful. And so the other thought I had was like, maybe just tough it out. How many nights are we doing here? And like, <laughs> just tough it out. Right. So I think that might just be the way to go. I was like, is this really the hill you want to die on? Nah. I do think that traveling and sharing hotel rooms, particularly with family, because families have dynamics. Oh, sure. That if we can come to a compromise, hey, I get that you want to get up at six. I like to get up at 630. Can we just do that extra half hour as a favor to me? Yeah, I I think you just ask politely and see how far you get. I think you've done that, but sometimes doing it more than once is required. Also, you could be like, hey, if we could do a half an hour more, then... You can listen to your music, not in headphones. Right. Yeah. Have at it full blast. So maybe there's some kind of a negotiation. Yes. And other than that, just know it's only a couple nights. And so, you know, just tough it out. Just tough it out. (laughs) Could always sleep in the car. Or not go. (laughs) Nick's really throwing out all the options. 
or just know that this is the deal in the future. Like if you want to just uh, share a hotel room in the future, then like this is the deal. And so if you just can't handle this deal, then get your own room or we got to figure something else out. And I wish you the best of luck because sharing a hotel room is it's a it's a murky it's a murky path. It can definitely be murky. And I think especially with someone you're related to, because you're bringing in all those emotional dynamics on top of the fact that people sleep differently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of layers here. Yeah. Definitely goes outside of our purview. But thank you for trying to rope us in. (laughs) (laughs) So do you have questions for us that you want to rope us into? Let us know. You can let us know through our website, wereyourraisedbywolves.com, or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I'm loving being part of the Book of the Month because I often stay within the genres I already know or the particular authors I already know. And they're introducing me to new authors, things I might not have known about. It's so exciting. So Leah, tell me about what book is coming. I'm receiving in the mail very soon, The Return of Ellie Black. Where did she go? We don't know. She disappeared for years earlier and then resurfaces in the woods of Washington State. And I can't (laughs) wait to know more. If it's a story set in the woods, you're there. It's really true. I want I want a cozy town or a woods. Or both. Or also take a city. You know, let's be honest. Okay. Yeah, as long <laughs> as there's murder or suspense, you're there. I like if there's some food. So you out there, you can get your first book for just $5 using promo code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com, use promo code PEDALS, and get your first book for just $5. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by book of the month. I am loving getting to pick my books of the months. Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. (laughs) You know, love happens. And you out there, you're going (laughs) to love Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. And we're back. And now it's time to play a game we like to call Vent or Repent. Vent or Repent. Which is our opportunity to vent about some bad etiquette experience we've had recently, or we can repent for some etiquette faux pas we've committed. So Leah, would you like to vent or repent? Oh, you know, such a hard choice, but I think I'm gonna, no, (laughs) I'm gonna vent. It was actually a hard choice to pick which vent I wanted to do. Okay. Well, what have you selected for us today? I have selected pulling up to pick somebody up at an airport. So let me say up top that I can imagine that being the person who stands at the curb at airports telling people to pull in and leave and can't stop there is exhausting. Yeah. I mean, what a thankless job. What a thing. And I'm sure that you also deal with some of the most not aware of other people in the whole world people. Sure. So I keep that in my head when I'm constantly being yelled at by people to move. And I'm really trying to do my best. You know, there's moving vehicles, there's moving people. There's a lot you're paying attention to. I'm a, I'm a, 
rule follower. Do you know what I mean? I'm. Oh, yeah, we know. So it's LAX. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a terminal after four, when you drive in, you can actually hang a left. Okay. And then you cut through. So you come right in at five. On the departures, there is a light. Okay. So you can actually pull across. On the arrivals, which I now know, and I will never do this again, I will go all the way around, there's no light. Okay. So you just have to kind of like jump out into oncoming traffic. Oh, there's merging. You're merging, but you immediately have to get all the way across because that's where Terminal 5 is. It's like an actual intersection that has no light. Yes. Oh, that's kind of interesting. That's a mess. So if you're going to Terminal 5, don't take the cutoff where they tell you to. Go all the way around. Pro tip. So I'm going to Terminal 5. I'm picking up a man and a dog. Uh I have to immediately get across. And there's buses and there's cars and I'm, you know, being careful. And then these two buses just stop. So I'm like, okay, I'll go. So then I'm merging over. And then this lady stops directly in front of me at the curb instead of pulling up. It's totally open, Mm. but she doesn't pull up. She just stops. And then she pops the door and then someone's coming down the sidewalk to get into the car. So she didn't park in the best position. Right. I'm now sort of angled across traffic, these stopped buses, but I can't move because she stopped directly in front of me. I don't have enough space to turn back. All right. So now you're stuck. I'm stuck. So these two people that are the, you know, they're telling people to go and not go, stand there and just yell at me. Just (laughs) yell. Just yell in my face for the amount of time that it takes this other woman to get her person. They should be yelling at that person. Yep. Nope. They're yelling at me. Just yelling. Why would you stop there? And it's like, you can see. So finally, I rolled down my window. I go, hey, I can't get past that person in front of me. And the guy then sticks his head into my window and makes this face like I'm an idiot. Like, oh. I didn't even know how to handle this situation. I was like, how do you not see? Well, because it sounds like this is like an alternate reality. It felt like I was in an alternate reality. First off, I don't know if we need to yell at people. Like, I get we that don't. it's your own. But the two of you standing there just screaming at me when this person just directly stopped in front of me. I don't have control over this person. I did not put a light at the Terminal 5 thing. <laughs> I'm trying to do my best. And I was answering them. Hey, I can't move until they pull up. You know, being polite. And they just kept screaming. So then I was like, hey, I can't get by this lady. And then he walks over and gives it like a mean face into my window. Mm. I just, I don't need that. I, can't. I mean, did he eventually go to that other car and be like, oh, can you please move No, this and then she moved and then I pulled up. <laughs> But it was like they just needed to unload on me. But it was like people are trying their best and I can't magically move cars with my brain. I mean, if only you could. If only I could. What are we doing yelling at people like that? Like uh, too much. Yeah. It was the sticking the face in my window that put me over the edge. I I don't love that. Sure. Speaking of things I don't love, I would like to vent. And so (laughs) I was having (laughs) dinner recently in my neighborhood and I was dining solo, which I enjoy doing. Um, as we've discussed, everybody should do it. It's great. And so at this restaurant, usually I eat at the bar, but for some reason the bar was full, but like the restaurant wasn't that busy. So I was actually like at a table. And so I'm enjoying the meatloaf, which is a great dish at this restaurant. And I'm seated next to four people who are in the restaurant. And so one of them leans over and was like, is that the meatloaf? And I'm like, yeah, it's the meatloaf. And then one of the other people at the table, then like a minute later was like, is it good? And it's like, yeah, yeah, it's great. And then like another 30 seconds go by. And like the third person at the table leans over and is like, is that garlic mashed potatoes? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, garlic mashed potatoes. Um, and so, so they're like, all right. And then the fourth person at the table then joked to the rest of the people at their table, which is like, is that wine? Is that water? 
are we in New York? And like was joking about all the other sort of questions that everybody could like ask me and bother me with. But because these people are 18 inches away from my face, I could hear this whole conversation. So they're like making a joke about like them bothering me, but now I'm part of their conversation because it's about me. And it's like, clearly I can hear all of this happening. And it's sort of like, why am I a part of this now? Like you've already interrupted my meal, which is like fine, but like, I don't love that, but like fine. <laughs> but like now you guys are like kind of razzing each other about the fact that you had inconvenienced me. And it's sort of like the fact that you're doing that is now actually further inconveniencing me because now I'm like listening to all this. So it's just like, this is not great. I don't like what's happening here. I would like it to stop. And so I don't know what the lesson is, but like, don't do this in restaurants. <laughs> don't talk about people <laughs> right next to them after. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Don't talk about people. Yeah. But I mean, as it was happening, I was just like, oh, it's fine. I mean, it's a content opportunity for the show. So like, I just clocked it. And so I was like, oh, I'll just put that in my back pocket. And so, you know, I make lemonade out of it, but it was just annoying in the moment. I wish we could have a picture. Well, what we have to do is do a reenactment. <laughs> I know, but I, I was... In the future, if you could just pull out your camera okay. and take a picture. Of them? And that would be funny. Yeah. And you could be like, hey, I'm just, I think it's funny that you're talking and I can hear you and you know I can hear you. So I'm going to take a picture. It's for a podcast. Um, yeah, don't worry about it. It's just content for a global <laughs> audience. It's like, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. <laughs> and also, can you just sign these releases? Thanks. <laughs> no, you just put the little smiley face over their face. Oh, that's no fun. No, I want to have uh, content releases. Yes. In perpetuity throughout the universe. <laughs> How funny would that be if anytime somebody's acting, you know, that you're going to use them for an event, you're like, hey, do you mind just signing these releases? Hey, it would be so funny. It would be great, actually, if I always had a PA with me with a clipboard. <laughs> yes. It'd be like, oh, can you actually just talk to Madison real quick? She's got something for you to sign so that we can use this interaction we just had for a global podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> really appreciate it. <laughs> oh, I would love it. <laughs> oh, this is a great idea. Oh, Leah, I'm, I'm going to get releases from everybody. That's what's happening. <laughs> Get ready, New York City. I have a clipboard and I've got release forms and I'm coming for you. I am so here for this. <laughs> no, this is one of our best ideas. So, Leah, what have we learned? Oh, my goodness. I learned the whole evolution of how we celebrate what gifts at what year and the travel from a, a German tradition over into England and then through Emily Post and then the uh, Metal Associations of America. And I learned that you love driftwood so much that it is a meaningful gift. Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, nature is incredible. Well, thank you, Leah. Thank you, Nick. And thanks you out there for listening. I'd say to handwritten note to my custom stationery if I could. He would. So for your homework this week, I have two requests. One is, I want your most bonkers etiquette stories. I want to hear your most outrageous etiquette moments in your lives. The times you just look back and be like, what just happened? So I want to hear about that. And then I also want you to send in your questions and try to stump us. I want your most complicated etiquette paradoxes. And I want to see, can you stump Nick and Leah? I want to find out. Can it be done? I'm, I just broke into a sweat. I just broke into a full sweat. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Is there is there an etiquette paradox we cannot solve? I'd be very curious. I mean, I feel like there's ones that we just guessed at and threw out there and we're like, let us know what happened. <laughs> I mean, good enough. So send those in and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, Leah, it's time for Cordials of Kindness, the part of the show that you make us do, but I only give you 30 seconds to do it. Ready, set, go. 
So you know me, I like to fully think of uh, both sides of the issue. So I would like to thank everybody who's working at the airport, who is very <laughs> flexible okay. and lovely and supportive and knows that all of us out there are really just trying our best. And thank you for all of your patience. Yeah, for sure. And for me, I want to read a nice review we just got, which is, quote, I've been listening since Lisa rocked her silky warm-up tracksuits and the show still swooshes like Jordan Duncan while wearing <laughs> silky warm-up suits. I do hope homie gets his million-dollar toilet 100%. Anyway, I went back to the Apple Podcast app just to freshen up my review and see if old T. Cook forked up 20 bucks for a six-star review system because this show is a seven. Fire. So sadly, five stars is the most you can give us, but this review, priceless. Totally priceless. Makes me feel like a 10 out of 10. So thank you. This is great. Thank you. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. Because <laughs> as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives, then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right? Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge <laughs> to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person, very confident mm -hmm. woman, wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah... What show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm -hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. <laughs> okay. You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. <laughs> <laughs> 